Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down or call 630-629-1720 Morningstar Books and Gifts, 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois Entering into the arena of the holy fast, let us make every effort to humble our flesh by abstinence. In prayer and with tears, let us seek the Lord our Savior. And that we might turn away from our evil deeds, let us say to him, We have sinned against you, O Christ our God. Save us, as you save the Ninevites of old. And in your goodness, grant us a share in the kingdom of heaven. Glory to Jesus Christ. I'm Father Thomas Loya. Welcome to Light of the East. Both the music and the words you just heard come from the Byzantine Catholic observance of the great season of the great fast, in other words, of Lent, the bright sadness, and it is now upon us. In fact, it will happen this very evening. On this day in the Byzantine liturgical calendar, we call this the Sunday of Cheese Fair. Last Sunday was the Sunday of Meat Fair, meaning our Mardi Gras, as it were. The last time we eat meat because we abstain from meat all through Lent in the strict tradition of the Byzantine Catholic Church. Now this Sunday, we will kiss dairy products goodbye, as it were, things like cheeses, so that as we enter into Lent, we have in a kind of a gradual way entered into the great fast. In other words, we abstain from meat and dairy products, the, the fat of the land, as it were, the fatty things, the things that we associate with festivities and richness, all that now is put on hold because we enter into the time when we look 
not at our festivities and our richness, but rather we pull back and we look at where we are excessive, especially in the satisfying of our passions, where we are excessive in not focusing on God and about the things that really matter. So it's a kind of a pulling back, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. That's why we call it the bright sadness. You see, Lent is not something that is sort of a strange kind of set of exercises that interrupt our normal life, and then we sort of return to them after Lent. Like, whew, boy, I'm glad Lent's over, and I can do this and this and this again, the things I gave up. Rather, Lent, fasting, pulling back, abstaining, getting back into balance, into order, is actually a return to the normal state of things. In other words, really to our original innocence, the way Adam and Eve were before they broke the fast. Remember, original sin came about because Adam and Eve stopped fasting. They stopped abstaining, remember? God the Father in heaven told them in the garden, this tree you will not eat of. You got anything else you want, but not of this tree. They were to abstain from that particular tree. And they did not. They reached out in a consuming way, a lustful way, grabbed what they saw that was attractive and brought it to themselves. And then the whole cosmos was thrown out of balance ever since. There was this great rupture in our relationship between ourselves, human beings, man and woman, between us and God, and between all the elements of nature. The entire cosmos was affected. And so now during Lent, we try to return to our original glory, the glory before the fall, the glory as it was brought back into our existence through the redemption of Christ. The liturgical text you just heard came from the Vesper service, which happens this evening in the Byzantine Church, and that service actually officially begins Lent. It's called the Service of Forgiveness or Forgiveness Vespers. But just prior to that, during the evening before, on Saturday evening, the Vesper service for Cheese Fair Sunday says things like this, Alas, I have been stripped of my divine garment. By transgressing your commandment, O Lord, and by following the counsel of the enemy, I am now clothed with fig leaves and the garments of skin. I now eat my bread by the sweat of my brow, and because of my fault, the earth is condemned to bring forth thistles and thorns. But you, O Lord, born of the Virgin, in these last times, call me back to enter once again into paradise. Now this verse here that says, I have been stripped of my divine garment, and then later on it says, I am now clothed with fig leaves and the garment of skin, is a very telling line in our liturgy about the spirituality of the Eastern Church on human nature and also on the fall. We speak of it in terms of a garment of skin, that originally we were robed, as it were, in this sort of beautiful, perfect, you know, we don't know exactly how Adam and Eve looked. Certainly they looked human, as we are, but in some more perfect way. The fathers of the church and the Eastern church, they call this the sort of the original garment, the original appearance of us as human beings made in God's image and likeness and in his glory. We reflected his glory through our whole person. But then after the fall, we took on what they call a garment of skin. In other words, our bodies somehow took on perhaps another kind of position, another kind of character that we know today. It was a character in which now we know the weakness of the flesh. We know its limitations, and we have to literally wear garments of skin, you know, the animal furs and things made from the animals in order to keep our bodies warm. The fathers of the church believe it was not this way at the beginning. And so the bodies we know it today, they believe is somehow different, somehow less perfect than it was at the beginning. And so they say that we put on now this garment of skin, and with it, all those things that have to do with the fallen mortal part of this life. In other words, that things end 
They, they get worn out. They get sick. We have accidents. We have death. We have all kinds of things that we don't want, which was not at the beginning. And so we wear this, as the Eastern Fathers call it, this garment of skin. But what we do now is we ask God to bring us back to that original innocence. In fact, we say, as we said in the prayer today, call me back to enter once again into paradise. In the Eastern churches, we have across the sanctuary, the church, which separates the sanctuary from the nave, we have a grand structure called the icon screen or iconostasis. There's many reasons for this, and it's an essential part of many Eastern churches. And oftentimes during the services, especially such as this evening, when we celebrate the beginning of Lent through the forgiveness vespers, the priest and deacon will stand outside of this wall, this icon screen, which is symbolic of the gates of heaven. And the priest and deacon will take on the posture of Adam, and together all of us with him, we are in a sense Adam and Eve, cast out of paradise, wearing now this garment of skin, begging, wanting to be allowed back in. But our road back in is a long, arduous road of repentance. Paradise is not cheap, and we do have to work our way back. And that's the whole journey of Lent. The bright sadness of Lent is working our way back into that original innocence, which we can never retrieve totally. And so this is why the redemption of Christ is our goal. In other words, we sort of look forward. We look back to our original glory. There's an echo of that in our hearts. But we also look forward then to our ultimate destiny, you know, to heaven, to how we were really meant to be. And we see that imaged and purchased for us by Jesus Christ. So Lent is this bright side of this journey. Now, also in this service, there are texts and readings as well. And the readings that we do today for the Sunday of Cheese Fair comes from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, and he says this, If you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to be fasting except to your Father who is hidden, and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and decay destroy, and thieves break in and steal. But store up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor decay destroys, nor thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be." So it's the themes in this reading are the same things that are echoed in the liturgical text and prayers for this day, and that is the themes of forgiveness and also of abstaining from foods, especially from abstaining from certain things that are sinful. In other words, the mastering of our passions, the sort of the pulling back in which fasting is a key part of it, because the Eastern Fathers used to teach that if we can overcome that one strong, strong drive of hunger, in other words, the vice of gluttony, we can overcome everything. And so they say to us, fast. Fast from food so that ultimately you can fast from that which is not virtuous. And this is the point of Lent, expressed beautifully in our liturgical text today and also in the readings. But this evening, we have a very profound and moving service the service of the Forgiveness Vespers. And we're going to talk about those texts and those readings and even the action and gesture and the meaning behind it when we return. I'm Father Thomas Loya. So please stay with us here on Light of the East.
Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. How shall I tell this great mystery? I am Father Thomas J. Lawyer with a Theology of the Body moment for the Tabor Life Institute. He who is without flesh becomes incarnate. The Word puts on a body. The invisible is seen. He whom no hand can touch is carried, and he who knows no beginning now begins to be. The Son of God becomes the Son of Man. These words were taken from the Christmas prayers of the Byzantine Catholic Church. Turn our thoughts to the great mystery. God has condescended, bent the heavens, made a gift of himself, and entered into a spousal relationship with his own creation. The entire order of creation, most especially our human bodies, speak the language of this mystery. We are created male and female precisely so that we too could make a gift of ourselves. We too could love as God loves. Christ is born, glorify him. To find out more about the theology of the body, visit TaborLife.org. TaborLife.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You're listening to the choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... Welcome back to our program, Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loy, and Katie Gillis will be joining us today. Part of the spirit of this season of the Great Fast is not only our ascetical disciplines, but also charity. And so in charity, I just want to once again recognize and thank all of you who do listen to us, especially some of our very, very ardent and faithful listeners like Jack Lou out in California. Hope you're doing okay, Jack, if you're listening, and also William Radovich, and all of you who do listen to us on a regular basis, and we do enjoy hearing from you, so don't be afraid to write or email or give us a call. Again, it is our hope that you will join us and walk with us through this journey of the Great Fast. As we enter into this journey, starting this evening, we have what is the beautiful service of the Forgiveness Vespers, where we really do become like Adam, who stands outside. In fact, it's called the expulsion of Adam from paradise. And we sing mournful hymns such as this one. Oh, 
But this is done at a time when the priests and clergy are changing the color of vestments from the light to the penitential color in the Eastern Church, which is a dark color, usually black or red or even purple. And during that time, the congregation sings this, Hide not your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Answer quickly, come close to my soul and redeem me. Let your saving help, O God, protect me. See, you lowly ones, and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts be merry. Hide not your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Answer quickly, come close to my soul, and redeem me. There is a profound ending to this service, which truly, truly begins Lent in the correct spirit. And that is at the end, where the priest turns to the people there and actually bows them and begs their forgiveness. And they, in turn, ask him for his forgiveness. And they all come forward and offer each other a mutual gesture of forgiveness, they actually embrace each other and say, please forgive me. We believe, as I mentioned before, that ultimately all the ascetical disciplines, the liturgy, all the practices, the fasting, everything has as its goal this reconciliation, this charity. I mean, what good is it all if we're not more charitable, loving, reconciled, forgiving, compassionate people in the end? In other words, more Christ-like. So I would invite any of you to attend our forgiveness ceremony. I think you'll find it to be very moving, a great way to begin the Lenten season with us. And that begins on this day, this evening. This moving service will, to begin Lent will occur at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church on Sunday, March 6th, which is Cheese Fair Sunday, Sunday, March 6th. It'll follow the Divine Liturgy, but not immediately. There'll be a little bit of a break in which we will indulge in our dairy products for the last time. We'll have a little luncheon based in the cheeses. <laughs> and after that, then, we will reassemble the church for the forgiveness vespers that officially begin Lent. Now, once we begin Lent, the very first day of Lent, which is a Monday for us, is a day of strict fast, no meat or dairy products. For those of you who are not already going to fast that way throughout all of Lent, you are at least required to fast some meat and dairy products on this first day of Lent. But also during the first week, a fascinating week, very rich liturgically, we have each evening what's called the Canon of St. Andrew of Crete. Now, this Canon of St. Andrew of Crete is based on a kind of a walk through the scriptures because you know, Lent really is a return to our biblical roots in a very real way, in a very liturgical way. And what we do is throughout the Canon of St. Andrew of Crete, what we do is we chant verses that are from the Bible which have to do with repentance and sin and redemption. And this is a marvelous walkthrough and marvelously scripturally based service. In the first week of Lent, it's done each evening, but on the fifth week of Lent, it is done all at once on the Thursday, the fifth week of Lent. That, that is not to be missed. At Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, St. Andrew of Crete in its entirety, together in one evening, will occur on Thursday, April 14th. That's Thursday, April 14th, beginning at 7 o'clock in my parish of Annunciation. If you can make it, I highly recommend it. It's something that you'll believe and you'll never forget. And speaking of what, what we'll never forget, I never will forget, and I never do forget, the incredible meditations of the Scripture that are part of this canon of St. Andrew of Crete. And Katie's going to demonstrate that. She's going to help walk us through some of these magnificent passages. O miserable and wicked soul, imitate the righteousness and pure mind of Joseph, and do not live in wantonness, sinfully indulging thy disordered desire. That's from Genesis chapter 39, verses 7 through 20. And after each time, each one of these, the congregation then responds, have mercy on me, O Lord, have mercy on me. And then we do a full prostration. We actually go down to the ground, touch our heads to the ground, and come back up. Thou hast heard, wretched soul, of the midwives who once killed in its infancy the manly action of self-control. 
like great Moses then be suckled on wisdom. Exodus chapter 1, 16 and chapter 2, verse 9. Aaron offered to God fire that was blameless and undefiled, but Hophni and Phinehas brought to him, as thou hast done my soul, strange fire and a polluted life. Now, isn't that wonderful, Katie? How many people would have Hophni and Phineas on their mind right now? <laughs> they're on the tips, on the tip of their tongue, you know? So this, again, the liturgy draws us in, kind of re-educates us, reminds us, draws us back into parts of the Bible maybe we would never even think of or maybe are not so familiar to us. In my soul and body, O Master, I have become like Janus and Jambres, the magicians of cruel Pharaoh. My will is heavy and my mind is drowned beneath the waters, but do thou come to my aid. Exodus chapter 7 verse 11 and the second book of Timothy chapter 3 verse 8. Now you see how many places from the Bible. This is just one little tiny piece of this magnificent St. Andrew of Crete. Which again, as I mentioned, it's done traditionally in the first week of Lent throughout the week. In other words, it's broken up across the whole week. But on the fifth week of Lent, it's all done together. This really, really separates the the real penitents from those who are going to be mediocre, superficial. (laughs) And again, I invite you to consider this event, very solemn, very moving event that happens Thursday, April 14th at Annunciation Church beginning at 7 p.m. And again, we're in Homer Glen, Illinois. You can check us out on our website, byzantinecatholic.com. Now, as we come to the end of the first week of Lent, even the Saturday is significant. And Katie's going to read to us from the Lenten Trodion, the official Lenten book of the Byzantine Church, about that first Saturday in Lent. After the penitential fasting of the first five days of Lent, Saturday and Sunday are kept as feasts of joyful thanksgiving. On Saturday, we commemorate the great martyr Theodore of Tyro, the recruit, a Roman soldier in Asia Minor, martyred in the early 4th century under the Emperor Maximian. Here may be seen at work a rule applied to the church since the 4th century, as the full liturgy cannot be offered on weekdays in Lent. Saints' memorials, which in the fixed calendar occur during the week, are transferred to Saturday or Sunday. So the memorial of St. Theodore, whose feast falls on the 17th of February, has been transferred to the first Saturday. The text for the day in the Triodion make frequent reference to the literal meaning of the name Theodore, which is gift from God. There was a specific reason why Theodore has come to be associated with the first week of Lent. According to the tradition recorded in the Synexarion, the Emperor Julian the Apostate, as part of his campaign against the Christians, attempted to defile their observance in the first week of Lent by ordering all the food for sale in the market of Constantinople to be sprinkled with blood from pagan sacrifices. St. Theodore then appeared in a dream to Eudocius, archbishop of the city, ordering him to warn his flock against buying anything in that market. Instead, so the saint told him, they should eat boiled wheat, or kaliva, and eat this alone. In memory of this event, after the pre-sanctified liturgy on the first Friday, a canon of intercession is sung to St. Theodore, and a dish of kaliva is blessed in his honor. But, quite apart from this historical association of the great martyr Theodore with the first week of the fast, it is also spiritually appropriate that he should be commemorated during these days. The Great Fast is a season of unseen warfare, of invisible martyrdom, when by our ascetic dying to sin we seek to emulate the self-offering of the martyrs. That is why, in addition to such commemorations as that of St. Theodore on the first Saturday, there are also regular hymns to the martyrs on all of the weekdays of Lent. 
Their example has a special significance for us in our ascetic efforts during the great 40 days. That's right, Katie. We commemorate in particular the martyrs because they're sort of our examples as we go into our own sort of martyrdom during the ascetical disciplines of Lent. If you want to learn even more about the Byzantine observance of Lent, I will be offering a Lenten Mission at Holy Name Cathedral in downtown Chicago. That's Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, March 14th to the 16th, beginning at 6.30 p.m. In fact, we're going to pray some of the St. Andrew of Crete each night there. So again, that's Monday through Wednesday at Holy Name Cathedral in downtown Chicago. That's the Cathedral for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'll be giving a Lenten Mission there starting at 6.30 p.m. each night. So why not consider joining us if you're in the area or if you want to make the trip in. Also, I want to thank you for listening. I'm here with Katie Gullis today. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Would you like to hear this Light of the East program again? Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya. Or hear Father Loya's companion program, A Body of Truth. Just visit the radio page at byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Or hear it again for the first time. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610. Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610, Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. CRI, CatholicRadioInternational.com.